personality tests are bullshit and they don't work. And once you understand that, your business will reflect what you believe to be true about yourself. And I break that down in today's episode, what it is, why it's so important, and exactly how to implement this into your life and business so that you can skyrocket your results. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today I'll start with this personality tests are bullshit. Well, kind of. Not in all entirety. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. But a couple of weeks ago, I dropped a podcast episode about my lessons from 2022. And on number eight, I talked about how your business reflects what you believe around yourself. And I got a lot of questions about that one, and I got a lot of DMs, and somebody said, could you please expand upon this into an entire episode? And I was like, of course I can. And so this morning, I am properly caffeinated. I am in my office. I'm ready to go. I'm actually pretty pumped because Vanessa Lau is in my office today. Emily Hirsch is in my office tomorrow. They'll both be here all week, and we are partying and making magic. And uh, I'm just pretty stoked to talk about this. And so... Today, I'm going to break this down and exactly what I meant, how you embody it, and how you embody basically your beliefs about yourself to live in that behavior, to live in that personality, to then allow the results to come that supports it. And so today is going to lead down uh, one of two book recommendations and one of two one of two rabbit holes, depending, and I will delineate them both out. And I got to give Benjamin Hardy, as always, full credit for this one because he was able to take a lot of things that I've worked on in my life, personal development work and consciousness work and integration work and therapy and EMDR and a lot of these things where I had all these awarenesses, I had all this growth, I had uncovered all of these things about myself, my default behaviors and things that I was doing that were self-sabotaging and things that were getting in the way of my success. And he was able to package it together for me to realize that I had basically had the clarity I needed. I had all the awarenesses that I needed and I had everything that I needed in my toolbox to create a different result. But the only thing that was missing was intentional action. And when he broke this down, it gave me basically a roadmap, which actually led to creating the Sacred Lightkeeper Quadrants, which is how I apply this principle into my life. My business reflects what I believe to be true about myself. And so my habits and rituals are designed to hold me accountable to my potential, which is a daily reminder through my actions of the things that I want to accomplish that helps me grow and helps me expand into that. And so earlier... I probably offended a few people. I love personality tests. Uh, I think they're great. And so does Benjamin Hardy. But what he talks about is not that they're bad. It's that people believe them to be absolute. They'll go take an Enneagram. They'll go take a disc. They'll go take a boom. And then they come out and they're like, oh, this is me. This is me. And the truth is, is that that's not you. It's a snapshot. It's a it's a general idea. It's a It's a general direction based on inputs and based on the things that you've given it that spits it out a result. But it's not a badge of honor. It's not permanent. It's not edified. It's not set in stone. It's not who you are. 
it's a starting point, but it can be changed. And personality is one of the easiest things to change when it comes to being a human being. And so today, I'm going to be breaking this down. So the the problem that we run into, like the big the big challenge that happens in life, but we'll talk about this in the lens of entrepreneurship, is that when things are in our world, when we're operating, when we're when we're building, when we're working. We end up checking boxes. We end up doing the work and we end up operating from like our default modes, right? We end up operating from like our patterns and and our behaviors and our rituals. And a lot of times those patterns and behaviors and rituals are the things that got us to where we currently are, but yet we expect them to get us somewhere else. And then we get frustrated when they don't. And then it starts to create resentment. It starts to create anger. It starts to create sadness and this entire swing of emotions when it comes to working and living in your life and in your business that doesn't feel aligned. And it's just simply because we haven't taken the time to stop, make an adjustment, realign to where we want to go, and then align our current actions and behaviors to get there. And this is no different than the gym. This is no different anywhere. Like if you go to the gym every day for 60 days, you do the same thing with low level intensity. It's not really going to change. But as you ramp it up, as you increase it, as you change it, it's going to change the results that you get. And your personality is no different. And so the thing that I've run into and the thing that's helped me the most is recognizing that typically when I'm in my life, when I'm in my business, when I'm operating and something isn't going ideal, if I take enough time to think about it and reflect on it and take as Keith Cunningham calls thinking time from the road less stupid, then I'm able to reflect and I can actually find the associated inputs or the behaviors, the actions, and the habits that are creating that undesirable result, which means I can't change the result. I can only change the inputs that are creating that result. And that's where it comes down to the habits, the rituals, and the routines. And so the challenge is, is that when we get in this space, and Alex Sharfin calls this full constraint, right? We have business happening. We're running team. We have meetings. We have things happening. We have launches. We have products. We have all this thing going on that puts constraint around us. And then in that constraint, we tend to just go. We just want to operate. We want to get it done. We want to hit the to-do list. And the challenge is, is that when we go to doing, we're not being, and we'll end up doing all of these behaviors. And those behaviors are the things that got us here. And so to get somewhere different, to get a different result, to win the race that you've run three times and never run, you can't run it the same way. You have to run it differently. And so why, why is this so important? And it's really, really important because every single choice that we make, every single one of them, whether uh, it's in work, whether it's in filling our bucket, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's leading our team, our calls, no matter what, every single choice we make is only doing one of two things. It is either moving us one step closer to our goals and who we want to become, or it's moving us one step further away from those goals and who we want to become because stagnation is a myth. Uh, A a refractory period is a myth. Uh, A a calm period is a myth. A uh, I'm just coasting is a myth. There's no such thing in life or in business or in entrepreneurship. And, And need I remind you that I have a very healthy relationship with time and how little of it I have. I'm in pain. I'm I'm almost 40 years old. My body hurts and and it and it's a very beautiful stark reminder as to how finite this is. But I also understand that that time is a great great asset of mine but only when I use it. And so why is this important? This is super super important for you and me to both recognize that at every moment, in every opportunity, at every chance of our life, 
there are certain things that we have full control over. And those things that we can control are our actions and our behaviors and how we relate to them. Sharon Lecter says, it's our thoughts, our words, and our actions. When we have good thoughts, it translates into good words. And then we take aligned actions based on those words that create the results that we want. And so this is important because no matter what, there is no waiting. There is no start doing this then, or I'll start next week, or I'll start boom. And I just had the incredible Jamie Smart on the podcast talking about toxic thinking. I don't know if you've heard that episode yet. I think it's coming out. I don't think it'll be out by the time you hear this. I think it's coming after. So keep your eyes and earballs peeled. But talking about this concept of like toxic thinking, which we break down on how to break it and how to fix it in that podcast. But this is a perfect lead into that about understanding that no matter what, when things aren't going our way, when things are in disarray, when things are dishuffled, when things are there, it's so easy to feel out of control. It's so easy to feel like we've all lost. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed. And the truth is that in those moments, the only things that relieve it, the only things that make it better, the only things that allow it to change is our willingness to take an intentional and aligned action, not based on who we are, but based on where we want to go and who we want to become. So now I'm going to talk about how. And when I talk about how, I'm going to break this up into two parts, okay? So there's two paths that I recommend, and I'm going to, I'm going to preface both of them. And I'm going to break down and explain three big takeaways from Benjamin Hardy's book, Personality Isn't Permanent, which actually will give you, and I have my notes in front of me that I'm going to be reading from, that will give you kind of a playbook and a how to get into this. But the way that I see this, there's been two incredible books and and it's not it's the books, but it's also the exercises and the breakdowns and and the way that these books help and have helped me win in my life and my clients win in their life that make them so powerful. So book number 1 is from Nicole Lapera. She is the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Her book is called Do the Work. And then book number 2 is Benjamin Hardy. And Benjamin Hardy's book is called Personality Isn't Permanent. And both incredible, but here is my delineation. So for me, I had a lot of trauma in my life. And when I started doing this work, I hadn't processed a lot of it. There was some unhealed stuff, some unacknowledged stuff. And so in that lens and in that sense, if I was making a recommendation to myself, I would recommend going the route of reading, do the work first and implementing that book, that worksheet, those exercises, that future self-journaling. Now, if I was at a place where I was aware of my trauma, I knew it, I I wasn't ridden by it, I wasn't self-sabotaging, but I realized that I've had these awarenesses and I've had these breakthroughs and I just have been lacking the how. And you guys know when I love when you ask me how, but I'm actually giving you a how and, and this is a fun how to give you, but you're just lacking the how, but there's no deeply rooted trauma or pain or fear or, or anything going on. Then my recommendation would go down the path of Benjamin Hardy personality isn't permanent. And I am not a trauma specialist. I'm not a trauma psychologist. I am not a psychologist. I am just dangerously effective because of the amount of therapy that I've done. And I can't make that recommendation for you. But both of the books operate under the same premise with the same principles. And I love them both. And I recommend that everybody reads them both. But I wanted to give that delineation so that you had a path to follow based on where you are self-assessed to allow you to go. And if you're in any doubt, here's what I would recommend. Read Do the Work First and then read Personality Isn't Permanent by Benjamin Hardy. So let's get into basically the how. And I have my notes here and some of the some of the highlights here. And, and I found this beautiful summary of this book um, 
that are going to break it down. And, and, and basically the three biggest lessons that I'm going to hit today, number one, there are five destructive myths about personality that lead to mediocrity and support the fixed mindset that holds you back. Number two, your goals determine your personality and you and your goals are the tool that you need to change your identity. And then number three, no matter who you've been in the past or who you are now, you can upgrade how you see yourself and you can transform your future. And so number one, and Benjamin Hardy breaks this down in his book, Incredible, your fixed mindset, lesson number one, and this is the how for you because we have to break the paradigm so you understand how malleable and changeable your personality is so you can work on it every day and you can shape it into what you want. And so your fixed mindset holds you back and makes your life mediocre because of the five destructive myths of personality. So Benjamin Hardy shares in his book, based on science and many experiences, that prove that people can and do change. You know that you want to improve your life, but believing that your personality is fixed is damaging the process. And so here are the five myths of the personality that keep you from being your best self. Myth number one, that you can categorize personality into types, quote unquote types, so that they're fixed and they don't change. Myth number two is that your personality is ingrained and unchangeable. Number three, that what happened to you in the past determines your personality. Not true. Number four, that you have to discover your personality. Not true because you get to build your personality. And then number five, your personality test results describe who you really are. And so let's break this down really, really quickly. So number one, type-based personality tests are not scientific. It's a gross misrepresentation of the complexity of what it means to be human, to think that we can categorize people into types. And additionally, the research shows that your personality changes drastically over the years, and there's a really good way to think about this. Think about who you were 10 or 20 years ago, and you'll realize how true this is. I think about who I was three years ago, two years ago, and I feel like I am a drastically different human being, like unrecognizable in a very, very short amount of time, which basically disproves all of these thoughts that people say about like, this is permanent and this is who I am. And so a lot of the times, myself included, is I thought that my personality was permanent because of past traumas. It was the identity that I thought I had. It was my subconscious. It was my environment. And my perception of historical events changed over time. And now I see them completely differently. And so now in that same lens, how can I change the way that I think about myself and how can we change the way that we think about ourselves? And I love this quote from George Bernard Shaw. He perfectly captures the meaning of myth four in this quote. And he says, quote, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself, end quote. And so when you understand this, you must understand at the core and you actually have to believe this in your core that you can change your personality, that you can change how you show up, that you can go from mean to nice, in my case. You can go from gaslighting to connected, in my case. You can go from disconnected to empathetic. Like on paper, five to 10 years ago, we'll call it eight years ago, I was I would consider myself a very, I was a very troubled human being that caused a lot of collateral damage based on the wounds that I had and the experiences that I have. And I believed them to be true for so long that I couldn't see a way out. And now I look back at those moments and my life, my wife and I reflect on this a ton about how different I am and how different we are and how different our life is and our kids are and how we're raising them. 
not because I was a monster, not because I was a bad human being, but because I actually believed that I could change. And it took me years to be able to believe I could change. But the, the most important part about understanding these myths is realizing that none of them are true. And the only thing that is really true is that you have the power to choose how you show up every day. And so that's part one. So lesson two is you can change your identity and personality through setting goals. And this was the part that got me. And I've not been a very big like vision board, put it on the wall. But when I have a goal and I can see how that goal allows me to be who I want to be, it excites me. And so Benjamin breaks this down very easily. So every action you perform has a purpose. Another word for purpose is a goal. And whether you consciously think of them or not, your goals determine your identity. Andre Norman's experience of getting into Harvard after 14 years of prison is the perfect example of this. Once his decisions in his teenage years got him locked up, all Andre wanted was to climb the prison hierarchy by unfortunately committing murder. But after what he calls a revelation from God, he questioned his goals, upgraded them to be healthy, and changed his personality. Now, goals drive every decision you make. To find out the aims you want to have to change your personality, you have to look at three sources. So two things. I'm going to make a bold statement, and I'm going to make an invitation. So bold statement, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem. Invitation that you come join me in Austin, Texas, March 9th through 11th for our Lighthouse Business Accelerator. Because where else are you going to learn how to build relationships with your team, with your customers, and with your peers that will get your clients more results? You will increase your revenue and increase your referral. Where else will you learn the best proven marketing strategies, tactics, and frameworks in a room full of people that are also addicted to playing rock, paper, scissors? But more on that later, and that's something you will not understand until you get to the event. I am not joking. It is going to be a party. We're going to be covering our proven and actionable strategies and tactics to grow your brand, your business, and followers without confusion and overwhelm, and the days of stressing about when the algorithm is going to change, or is my content going to perform, or trying to craft the perfect email campaign so it goes unclicked and unopened, or doing work that leaves you burned out and exhausted because it's not moving the needle. All of those days, they're gone. Because in Austin, Texas, we are going to unlock the full potential of your business with actionable marketing tactics. We're going to talk about proven strategies on what's working right now with targeted breakout sessions with seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. We want to officially invite you to join the family because that's the vibe we've created with the Relationship Speed Algorithms movement. I'll be joined with some special guests, which will be announced soon. Maybe some of them, not all of them, because I have to keep my secrets. And we don't choose our speakers based on virality or on stage experience. We choose to have real people with proven track records of success and innovation based upon their business. And here's my rule. Every speaker is a friend, somebody I know, somebody that I love that does business, ethics, and morals the right way and comes to the event committed to serve and support you. And that's their whole agenda. And we also have a brand new VIP day with me, my team, and even bonus speakers. So if you're ready to scale and learn frameworks that will work with any business, consider this your official invitation to the Lighthouse Business Accelerator. And just head on over to mindofgeorge.com so you can secure your seat in the Lighthouse Business Accelerator and maybe even win the world's most competitive rock, paper, scissors championship ever with some great prizes. But either way, we'll see you at the event. Now, goals drive every decision you make. To find out the aims you want to have to change your personality, you have to look at three sources. Number one, you have to look at exposure. Number two, you have to look at desire. And number three, you have to look at confidence. And so you have to start to open your eyes to the possibilities around you. 
You have to get more experienced to see what the world has to offer. And so in the wise words of Benjamin himself from the book, you can't make decisions and choices if you don't know they exist. And so then you get into your desires. And your desires are important because you don't do anything if you don't want to. If what you want isn't healthy right now, train it by actively changing it to what you know is healthy. And lastly, you need to have the confidence that you can accomplish your goals or you won't even consider them. So go beyond your current comfort zone and be willing to fail if you want to break free of your limits or courage now. So number one, exposure. Exposure means that you have to open up your lens or open up your purview to be able to notice what's around you, to be able to see what possibilities there, what actions you can take, what things you can do. Because at the end of the day, you are fully in control of your actions and behaviors. And yes, there are things that have codependencies on them. There's responsibilities. But ultimately, we're the only ones who can make a change. We're the only ones that can make a shift. But in order to do that first, we need to be open and exposed to all these possibilities around us, which is why I instill a stillness practice in so many people. It's why I'm so bullish on it. It's so that I can spend these times and these moments in reflection and thinking time asking myself what possibilities are there, what things aren't working, what would I like to change, and then how can I go about changing them? And so that's exposure. And then when you get into desire, you have to make sure that this desire is tied to something or tied to something that moves you, tied to something that lights you up, ties to something that 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 kind of drives you to move forward, which is why we're always preaching about lighthouse and knowing your why and why you wake up every day. And once you have that desire and, and, and that desire, meaning like nobody can do this but you, like nobody can make you change. Nobody can make you go to the gym. Nobody can make you write more emails. Nobody can make you be compassionate. Like you have to want that. But once you want that desire, you need to align that not to the result of like how much money I'm going to make or how it's going to help me do X because that won't stick. A desire of like, this is a part of me and I want this to be a part of me and this is how I'm going to change how I operate. And so once that desire and drive is there, you make a commitment and that commitment is regardless of how you feel. That commitment is I'm committed to this because I said I wanted to change. And I understand that every step of this, I'm going to hit resistance. I'm going to hit roadblocks. And when those come, my body, my brain, my life is going to want to default back to those operating behaviors. But if I allow that to be happening, I can't be upset that I don't have the results that I want. Instead, I have to build tight containers And I have to understand that I know that these actions are going to change who I want to be. They're going to change who I am and they're going to give me a result. And so regardless of how I feel, I'm going to continue these behaviors and these actions because my desire is to be that person. And then the third part is the confidence. The confidence to actually believe that you can do it. Like I wake up every day believing I can change the world. Do I? I don't know, but I really genuinely believe that I do. And I really believe that I can. And it's like this fucking unlimited fuel source that I have that even on like the worst days when we've been sick for three weeks and I might've done something to upset somebody and I'm afraid of this and I don't have this and I have no, like no energy and like my mindset's off. And like, I always wonder like what gets me out of bed and what gets me out of bed is like, I truly have this innate belief that regardless of my story, regardless of my life, regardless of my circumstance, that like I have a fucking difference to make and no one else is going to make that difference. No one else is going to tell me that I can make a difference. Nobody else is going to tell me that I can help people. Nobody else is going to tell me that I can change the world. Like I have to fucking unapologetically believe it and I have to use every ounce of it to give meaning and purpose to what I'm doing. And so you have to believe it. And goals 
is the easiest way because I was stuck for years with this awareness of like, I want to be different. I want to be better. I want to do blank. And I was stuck in the how, which is why I'm so averse to the how, because the how was so simple. It was really, really clear. It was going out into the future and saying, a year from now, I want to be this type of husband, this type of father, this type of entrepreneur, this type of boss, this type of friend. Write it down. How would I measure that? Great. What are the three to five things that if I did every single day for the next 365 days that were simple to do that I could commit to and I did them that would either get me there or move me a hell of a lot closer than I was and then I go. And that's how I got there. So once you understand that those five myths exist and that's a big part and they're all myths and you believe that you can change, then you get into lesson number two where you start to identify and build that personality and your identity through the goals that you set. So you have to have exposure to what's possible, what you want, where you want to go, which requires you to have some time, stillness, and reflection to dream and do a self-audit and put them into practice. And then the desire, like the want, the drive, like that hunger in your belly, regardless of how you feel, like what gets you up, like you got to find it. And here's mine. I didn't really have it. And and I choose to find it every day. Like I don't wake up feeling excited all the time, like a excited Labrador, like wanting to go, 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 grind, grind, grind. There's days that are struggles. There's days that are hard. There's days that are sad. And in those days, I find that desire and I ask myself, what is it? And some days it's for my son and some days it's for me and some days it's for my wife and some days it's for the world. And some days it's because it just fucking feels good. But I find that desire every single moment. And then that allows me to be confident that if I keep doing these actions and I keep doing these behaviors, that it's going to work. And I believe that to be true. And so my thoughts of believing it dictate that to the words that I speak into the world and my actions align with that. And it becomes a result, which brings us into lesson number three. You can improve the way you view your personality and change your future regardless of where and who you've been in the past. This one was probably the biggest breakthrough in my life, and so I'm not going to summarize these notes. I'm just going to read them to you. And this is from Ben's book. A young man named Nate always struggled with his weight as he did his whole family. Seeing the health problems his parents were having, he asked himself some life-changing questions. What will my future be like if I continue to struggle with my weight? At age 70, what will I be like? Connecting with your future self isn't always easy, but considering whether or not you want to keep your current reality for decades make things a whole lot more clear. There are four steps to help you identify the future you want. The first is to carefully analyze the future you don't realize that you've consigned yourself to. And so what that means is picture your life at age 70 right now and don't change any action, any behavior, or anything in your day And ask yourself if this continued and then this is extrapolated out over the next 30, 40, or 50 years, would you like the result at the finish line? And if the answer is no, which in most cases, myself included, every time I do this, the answer is no, well, then I get to work. And that excites me because now I've pictured my age at 70 and I don't like the way it's going to turn out. So now I write my own biography as if you'd already lived your whole life. And this is through free writing. So free write and begin by asking yourself a couple of questions. What were the major events in your life? How did people remember your life? Like what were your major accomplishments? And then imagine your future self is like three years from now. Ask and journal about these questions. What does my typical day look like? What's your work like? How are you different than you are now? How are you spending your days? Where are you spending your time? What is it looking like? And then the last step is to simply tell your new stories to others and yourself as it was already your reality. And so what this really boils down to 
And as these, these are things that I've talked about on a lot of previous episodes, even in the last month alone for you to get here is that you end up in this spot. Okay, cool. Here's where I am. I want to change. I want to make some tweaks. I want to do some things differently. Okay, where do I start? Well, now you have your current state. Your current state is this is where I am. This is what's going on. Well, in order to make a change, you have to be aware of your future state. And so the easiest way to find it is to extrapolate out your current one and see where this would lead you. And there's a good chance that if you extrapolate it out, you're not going to like where you get. So then it's your job to design what that future state is 10, 20, 30 years from now or at 70. And one of the most powerful exercises is this one. And I did this exercise and I do it a lot. We do it at events. It's very, very powerful. I wrote my own biography like it already happened. And, and truth be told, I didn't write my my biography. I actually wrote my eulogy, which was a very hard emotional thing to do, but I like to challenge myself. And so I wrote my eulogy. And then I looked at that and I was like, that's it. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want on my headstone. That's who I want to be. And that gave me the future state. So now I literally had the starting line and the finish line. So once you have it, then you break it down into manageable goals that are going to change things in reasonable amounts of time. You can't change your habits and behaviors for 30 days and expect them to stick for three years. Like this is a something about commitment. This is about self-actualization, self-realization. This is about growth. This is about realizing that we have time every day and how we use it is what dictates our results, but we have to be fucking intentional about it everywhere. And so now that we know that future state and we're aware of our current state, we look three years into the future and we're like, all right, cool. Now, three years from now, I want it to be here because that's going to get me closer to that 10-year, that 20-year boom. And so then I have to actually envision this and live like that and ask myself, like, what would I be doing? Where would I be spending my time? How many calls would I be having? What would they look like? Where would my day be? What's in my calendar? Uh, am I training? Do I have bucket filling activities? Are there dates with my wife? Are there things here? And if you guys have ever heard us talk about the perfect calendar from my dear friend Clay Hebert or share that, this is this in reality. And so I ask myself what that day looks like. And then that is what gives me the habits and the rituals and the behaviors that I can bring into my current today to hold myself accountable to accomplishing, which is why I created my Sacred Light Keeper Quadrants that I share with you, which is basically taking the results of Benjamin Hardy's book and putting it into atomic habits that basically guarantee my success as long as I stay committed to the path and the inputs. And so that is how you go about building yourself into this person or this business or the result that you want. And so when I said my takeaway for 2022 was that your business reflects what you believe to be true about yourself. Well, my thoughts about myself are typically measured based on my inputs every day. Where am I spending my time? How am I spending it? And if I'm spending all that time in old patterns and old behaviors and I don't like them and I extrapolate out to 70 and I realize that I'm not going to like that person or those results, well, guess what? It's going to be very hard to believe in myself and be excited about myself because that's not who I want to be. And so then I get crystal, crystal clear on who it is that I want to be. And now I know that my value is only truly derived from the integrity and the intention of my inputs, not the results that they create, because those inputs are designed based on my future. The one that I said I wanted, the one that I said was important to me, not the one that the world said I wanted or that they said I should be or that that's what my business should look like or that's what I know. 
the one that I wanted, that only I can come up with because I am the one that gets to live with it. I am the one that gets to spend the rest of my life with it. And so in order to truly embody and believe in yourself and make sure that your business reflects everything that you want, it has to be truly aligned with you and fully aligned with you. So here is my recommendation. Read the books and put them into practice immediately. Future self-journaling, future pacing, setting goals, breaking them down, and then aligning your identity and changing your identity through your goals and through your habits, which will mold your personality into exactly who you want to become. And trust me, for years, and I mean years, I resisted this. I was like, there has to be another way. No, I'm missing something. I'm missing boom. I'm missing blank. And I was so addicted to the consumption of like, how am I going to do it? Or how am I going to fix it? That I never took the actions to actually, actually change it. And I cost myself about five years of growth. Because at the end of the day, it really boils down to in this moment, right now, in this day, I have the ability to make a choice. And is this choice I'm making aligned with my past and the trauma and the stories I'm telling myself and this bullshit? Or would I like to make a different choice and make that choice from a place of this is who I want to be 10 years from now? And as funny as this sounds and even saying this to you, one of my new daily things is daily body weight requirements because I want to be limber and doing backflips at 80. And so I wanted to simplify my life when I reflected on this a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, God, I don't need an hour in the gym every day. I, 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 I don't need to punish. My body is sore. Like I, I just want to be gentle. And I was like, God, I miss what it feels like to just be so strong with my own body weight, squats and push-ups and kettlebell swings. And I used to do them all the time. And I realized that at the current way I'm going, that it's not going to get me to where I want to go. And so I made a change and I made a new daily checklist of doing a minimum of 25 push-ups, 25 pull-ups, 100 air squats, and 25 kettlebells a, kettlebell swings a day. And here's what's so funny. As soon as I'm done recording this podcast in about three minutes, I'm going to end it and I'm going to start my push-ups, start my pull-ups and start my kettlebell swings. Now I could also get off this podcast and I could map out the perfect workout routine and I could talk about how to strategize it and I could map it out into my day, but that's not going to help me because I have the ability to choose. So I'm going to choose it now and I'm going to get excited. I'm going to be proud of myself. I'm going to get a little sweaty, probably be a little humbled and sore because I'm not as strong as I used to be. And then I'm going to get excited. And then that energy is going to carry into every single thing that I touch. And so one last note about this is that when you design that future, when you go out and look at what it is and you come back and you build these habits and you build these rituals and you build these routines, it's not rainbows and unicorns, which is also why we created the SOS method. So the wedge of expectations, which I've talked about, is basically taking your lightkeeper quadrants or these goals or these habits and rituals and putting them in a container that sets you up to win. And then at any moment when something happens, you hit resistance, you hit a roadblock, rather than believing it to be true and reacting, you come back to your base, you come back to your goals, you use your SOS, and you plug back into yourself to embody, to believe all of that, and then take actions that get you back in the game at your absolute best. And so this is the baseline foundational requirement for you to be able to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve. And it has been one of the most powerful ones for me. And so for a lack of better terms, this was a very long way, a 30 minute way to answer the question. So when you said your business reflects what you believe to be true about yourself or you believe around yourself, can you expand upon that? This is exactly 
that expansion. This is it. This is so powerful and so simple. It's not easy. It's simple. And it requires work. It requires consistency. It requires intentionality. And it requires a whole lot of self-love and belief because it truly, truly matters that you understand that you are in a position of power, that you were in the driver's seat of that vehicle. And the moment you grab those wheels and you hold on to it, and you realize it's your responsibility and nobody can change it. My wife can't change me. My kids can't change me. They can tell me, they can ask me, but at the end of the day, ultimately, it's up to me to make the choices that align with those behaviors. Nobody can force me to do it. And so what you have to recognize is that you are in control. And this is the fastest, best way. And if you're listening to this right now, there's a reason. So let's take this reason as an invitation to invest six hours, six hours into yourself to read and implement Benjamin Hardy's book or Nicole LaPera's book. That six hours could be the difference between spending the next 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life in pure bliss, alignment, and harmony, or spending the next 30, 40, or 50 years of your life in pure resentment and anger and sadness based on our willingness to invest six hours, prioritize it, and put it into practice. And that's where the rubber meets the road. So that is my answer to today's question. So highly recommend Personality Isn't Permanent by Benjamin Hardy. Do the work by Nicole LaPera and start plugging in, flexing the muscle, and putting this into practice so that you can truly believe and embody everything it is about yourself. And all of that will reflect into your business. It will reflect into your team. It will reflect into your meetings. It will reflect into your copy. It will reflect into your videos. It will reflect into your podcast. It will reflect into everything that it is. And truth be told, and I don't talk about this often, I truly believe that one of the only reasons I'm successful is because I believe everything that I do. Because on paper, I am one of the worst businessmen ever. In business, I am one of the worst businessmen ever. When it comes to functions, one of the worst businessmen ever. Like, and 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 I'm not saying that from a place of self-deprecation. Like, I'm I'm, I, it's not my strength. But when I look at my life, when I look at the results, it seems that every single moment that I've had a big moment in my life, a big breakthrough, millions of dollars, business deals, scaled businesses, tripled businesses, whatever. The one delineating factor that made them all successful was my willingness to believe in them regardless of what was happening and just keep working at them with this belief until they become true. And it all came from this. And I forgot about how powerful this book was for me. And so I hope this is helpful. I wanted to share this with you today. And so that's how we're going to wrap today's episode. So no matter what you're doing, I want you to have a beautiful day. Know that I love you. I appreciate the fuck out of you. I'm so stoked to see you in Austin, Texas, if you're coming to our customer journey event, which if you're not, uh, get there. Go to mindofgeorge.com slash event right now. All the details are there. Um, and there's a good chance that by the time you're listening to this, we might be out of tickets. So get on the waiting list because they sell out fast. Um, and I don't know how many we have left because we cap it at 70. So remember all those things to be true. Go have an amazing day. Go have a beautiful day. Send me a DM on Instagram if I can help you. I would love to hear about this. Did this help you? What are you doing? Fuck, I want to see you posting your 10-year bibliographies. Like, I just want you to do the work. So consider this your permission slip to dive in, go do it, and make this a priority. And I will see you in the next episode. So have a beautiful day. Remember that relationships will always be the algorithm. So I will see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But no matter what, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.